0: Hey, welcome back to Beyond Sunday, uh, the podcast of Connection Point Church. This is Pastor Jeff Carlson. I'm sitting here with Pastor Zach Rainey. Hello there. And uh, it's great to have you, Pastor, once again. And uh, we were talking just last week about cessationism in response to a message that I preached uh, and that we've really been talking about, about the oneness of the body of Christ. And I don't want to unpack that again, but um, this is really a relation to that. So we were talking about... Uh, one of the arguments of cessation is, and I'll say, if you did not listen to the previous podcast, maybe go back
1: uh, and take a listen. We, we should at least give the definition.
0: Yeah, let, yeah, we will. The definition of, C- of cessation. Cessationism. Is, so give that. Give that.
1: It's the view that the extraordinary gifts operated in the early church ceased and do not continue today. Okay. For whatever reasons. And of course we're talking various about the reasons. reasons. Various why people believe that. Various
0: evidences and that And you and I both decided. think
1: that this is the wrong view. We are yes. we are what you call continuationists. So define that. And continuationism is the view that the gifts of the spirit continue today.
0: Yes. And we are. We believe uh and I, I expressed at the end of our last episode my my heart as as a pastor as a leader for Christendom, really not even just our church, but really any believer, is that over time, as we grow in our, the things of God, we will operate in more and more of the gifts of the Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit as He enables us. So we believe He is still doing that work today. Uh, you know, the, we're talking about evidences of that, and and uh, <clears throat> one of the arguments that cessationists make that we discussed last time was that the gifts ended with the death of the apostle John. They were uh, gifts that were resident in the apostles because they needed the gifts to establish the church and to you know do the things that that the first century needed to do, and they did turn the world upside down. The Bible tells us that yeah. those guys did amazing work. Uh, and then a cessationist would say, "But that ended with them." I'm not sure then how they think the work of God has continued for the last you know 1,900 years. Uh, because it's still been pretty remarkable. You
1: know, I actually read one author. who said, "Well, it's been through pastors and elders and deacons. That's how God with, has with done. no
0: gifts and no anointing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. good luck,
1: guys. Yeah, but on and I your tell own. you, I, that's hard to believe. If you've ever met some of the missionaries that I have met, oh, yeah. and how they oh, yeah. work in their apostolic function and the power, yeah, the spiritual power with which they have to live in to be in the environments that they live." Uh, I remember the Johnsons when someone attacked them with machete and chopped them up and they came back, had the U.S. stitch them up and they went right back over there to the mission field again. My friends down in Costa Rica uh, got attacked. Uh, by robbers in their house and uh, Denny and Debbie seller. And they came back, got patched up in the United States and they went right back to Costa Rica to serve uh, at the the school down there. Yeah. And I'm amazed there's, that's just two stories. People I know personally imagine the, it makes me think the like, power that missionaries have functioned. Yeah. It, uh, under. It,
0: it makes me think of brothers and sisters in the Lord in other nations of the world where there is difficulty and there is persecution and there is a, we've got to figure out how to make it this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas here in America, we're very, we're very plush and, and happy and, and whatever Uh, we've got everything we need and more than we need. And And that's why, that's why we think
1: we don't need the Holy Spirit. Well, right. And and I
0: wonder, I wonder if cessationism is a cultural phenomenon in response to we don't feel that we don't need the Holy Spirit to empower us today, you know, because we're going to a tribe that if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, there's real potential that they could kill us or they could whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I just want I I even know, and I've heard stories and I know you have as well of uh, missionaries from a cessationist background or from a, a, a fellowship or denomination that would consider itself cessation uh, that are filled with the Holy Spirit and operate in the gifts of the Spirit in their area of ministry. Yeah. And even the Southern Baptist Convention recently made it acceptable for their missionaries to pray in the spirit. So they and moved up the spectrum. They moved up the spectrum we talked about in our <laughs> Listen last Listen to episode. last week's yes, podcast. Yes, yes. For sure. And that's pretty um, that's pretty remarkable though that most of the cessationism discussion comes out of the Western culture. Yeah. Not out of, you know, our the apostles and prophets in China or in Iran, the fastest two growing churches in the world, but really out of a Western mindset. That's interesting to me. Yeah. And I think there's a correlation there between wealth and comfort and those then on the other side, those but re, that... But remember when,
1: when things get tough, even yes. here in, in Tippecanoe County, you know, it's going great. You, you've got yeah. your coffee, you've got yeah. your house, you've got your, your uh, nice car, you know, and, but then a child gets sick. And suddenly you start believing in miracles and you start begging and praying (laughs) for miracles suddenly. And asking everyone else to pray for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All of a sudden we
0: believe in miracles again.
1: But that's essential. We have to believe that God is a supernatural God. Amen. Even if we're uncomfortable with him doing supernatural things in our lives, if the scripture says God will do these supernatural things, we need to be more open about that idea And uh, just because, I mean, God can make you uncomfortable sometimes. And I think that the phrase itself, I think, is what turns a lot of people off. The phrase speaking in tongues, Mm -hmm. because you get the picture of a big old pink tongue, you know, and it is. It you're, talking really, about,
0: you're talking about the Rolling Stones? No,
1: yeah, oh, like okay. the Rolling Stones okay. uh, uh, album. I'm not cover. sure that's
0: what the Lord had
1: in mind. No, <laughs> but I grew up in the 70s, graduated from high school in 1977, you know. So that would be in my mind, literally, what you just said. I would picture this speaking in tongues. Why
0: do you think people um, get so fixated on that one gift? That's one gift right. of 27, 28 gifts, depending on who you read, one gift in the body. That is both an individual gift that, you know, we have a heavenly prayer language with which we can call on the Lord, but also a corporate gift that's used in the corporate body. Mm-hmm. But it seems like uh, non-Pentecostals get very fixated on that one gift. What do you think that is?
1: Yeah, it seems like they, w- they don't mind Praying for miracles.
0: Let's ask for healing. and yeah, uh, I mean, it's okay. they
1: might draw the line. That some of them don't really appreciate getting a prophetic word yeah. uh, in their presence. But most of the other gifts, they'll they'll pray for miracles yeah. and. Uh, but boy, wisdom we won't speak in and, tongues. We can't but, speak in tongues. I, and I think some of it is because the phrase is a little bit weird in itself. And uh, there are some translations of the Bible that that, that don't use that. Uh, right. Dale's um, talk about. The, the other languages instead. Well, on the day of
0: Pentecost, yeah. they were speaking in other languages, and primarily we believe known
1: languages. On God that was day.
0: supernaturally giving yeah. them power. I don't know that that particular moment was meant to be prescriptive. For instance, in Acts 19.
1: Well, it was the first time, so it was the we, first don't first time. we don't know. We don't
0: know. And it was really, you know, when Paul writes, it's a witness for unbelievers. For that day, it was. Yeah. That was the birth of the church, and the Lord used those uh earthly languages to speak to the people in Jerusalem and proclaim the power of God.
1: The, the only way, Pastor, if we to know if that had anything to do with the following pattern would be if it happened again in the book of Acts. And, and I don't I and don't it, know that we have it does that,
0: twice. Where it's known languages? Where, no,
1: where, no where Speaking in tongues. Where yeah. speaking in tongues is used, but it isn't called known language in the in the second two. It's just that God gave them the same yeah, gift. I was, was going to say it's ask, described as the same gift as we got in the beginning. Acts
0: nineteen, when Paul lays his hands on the believers in Ephesus. Ephesus, yeah, and they—the Bible says they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Yeah, but there's no indication that it was known languages at the time.
1: Right. Yeah, I I also think uh, like the one where it, with Peter and uh, Cornelius. Because uh, Cornelius was Italian, and I, I love that. I love it in the old King James, the Italian band. And uh, Peter got Peter was told, you know, uh, had this vision yeah. up on the rooftop of this sheet coming down, and strange animals, and uh, go eat that snake, that type of story. And he knew he was supposed to follow and go to this Italian family because Italians were were not Jewish. So this was a big deal that one, they weren't Jewish. And also, they received the exact same gift as they did for, to the Jewish nations, yeah. the people from the nations that were Jewish on the day of, of Pentecost. And that's how they said, how can we forbid water then? So the, this leads into one of the key things on continuation is, is uh, the argument that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a subsequent gift, subsequent meaning following. Right. Uh, salvation, okay. that salvation and receiving the Holy Spirit happen at the same time. And that's kind of a misrepresentation of what the Assemblies of God and, and most Pentecostals believe. We, we don't believe that you are deprived of the Holy Spirit when you're saved. We, we believe he, that you... He takes up residence in you, He lives, yeah. he abides, there's an abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. But we still believe that there are supernatural works of the Holy Spirit, the gifts. Yeah, and those gifts,
0: it is a subsequent event being filled with the Holy Spirit or, like Jesus said, overflowed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, You know, he stands up in John 7 and says, these things will flow from within you. Uh, And it says right there, he's speaking about the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed were later to receive. Yeah, And I think that one of the things cessationism says Excuse me, is there was sort of a statute of limitations then on those who would believe. That those who would believe in him meant people, you know, sort of in Jerusalem or in that early first century would believe in him, but it doesn't believe then that it's for anyone who would believe throughout all time. And I think that's a mistake cessation it's make, uh, thinking that that's limited.
1: Yeah. I, a lot of times a mistake like that comes from. Uh, your previous experience. And this is, this is interesting be, to me because Pentecostals are accused so many times yes. of creating doctrine out of our experience. Yes, We have an experience. So we come up with a new, a new doctrine and this, this just isn't true. Right. And I've, I've been Pentecostal since the <clears throat> 1970s, like I said, and, uh, that hasn't been the true. We believe that the scriptures are complete. They are the rule for faith, for conduct, for what we will believe. That's where our theology comes from. But here now we have an example of cessationists who had the experience of no gifts of spirit, and they're interpreting the Bible through that lens of naturalism, yes, and intellect, and saying, "Well, that's what God meant." Yeah. So they're using their preconceived ideas. And their experience to create doctrinal statements, yeah. which is the same error we're accused.
0: And then of. I think you can cherry pick uh, parts of scripture or <clears throat> phrases. Excuse me for my, my throat here today, but you can you can cherry pick um, you know verses in Acts or verses in the epistles that seemingly support you know, your pet doctrine and Pentecostals do the same thing on that extreme level. When we allow our, we go, well, I had this experience with God, so let me find something in the Bible, even if it's like proof, half a verse. Proof texting. Yeah, to, to, to prove, oh, this must be God because here's what it says. And, uh, you know, scholars will say, you can't do that. You've got to look at the entirety of the context of the passage, whatever it would be, the whole story, the whole stanza you know if you're talking about poetry or whatever in order to try to explain or use it for doctrine and that's not what either of the spectrums do they pick and choose so they can justify their point which is a very human way to approach an argument
1: yeah 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 we don't ever let our experience to dictate (coughs) doctrine uh practices and methods May change, yes, according to culture and things like that, but but not our core doctrines, uh, not what Amen. the Scripture teaches, Amen. not not what's authoritative. Uh, a prophetic utterance from the Holy Spirit is not authoritative at the level that Scripture is,
0: exactly. And that's
1: one of the arguments against us, Pentecostals, that that somehow that we treat those things as if they're equal to Scripture, right? And that's not true. I've always said,
0: you know, if you if you give me a prophetic word or whatever, it it must line up with the word of God. That is the baseline. That is still the baseline that is. And I do think there's a perception in, in cessationism that, that we want to be so prophetic that we just dismiss the scriptures and we don't care what the Bible says. We care what, you know, Joe Schmo said over my life last Tuesday because it, it reinforced my own beliefs or my own thoughts about my life. Well, that's not what real Pentecostals are saying. You know, we're saying it must be supported by Scripture. It must reinforce it. In fact, I would say our experiences should prove what we already believe doctrinally. Jeff, we, w- not we wouldn't
1: even it. believe in the gifts of the Spirit if they weren't in the Scripture.
0: Right, exactly. We wouldn't have any context to explain them No. if they weren't in the Bible. Right, right. So let me ask you this. What, what uh, effect do you think abuse through the years and through you know t- tv didn't help us <laughs> uh, but what 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 uh effect do you think abuse has had on those who claim cessationism or believe well an i alarm, I, alarm, I, alarm I highly
1: respect da carson yes but in uh, in uh, Fantastic in, in the Thamelio's journal number 39 uh, he here's a quote from him he said the charismatic movement <clears throat> is characteristically afflicted by one brand or another of health wealth and prosperity gospel that distances itself from the gospel of the cross this makes the matter a gospel issue he's he's targeting one area of abuse yeah uh, but saying it becomes a gospel issue then because we're we're bringing a bad reputation up on scripture. So but aren't,
0: I, aren't we adding? Aren't we doing what Revelation commanded us not to do in, in chapter in chapter 22? We're adding. By doing that, we're adding to the gospel.
1: I think to an, a, an effect, yes. I'd agree with that. We're
0: saying the gospel to be saved is not enough. You can be saved and have blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And I think that's sort of adding to the scriptures. It's 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 a dangerous, dangerous thing. But it, it tends to be... Pentecostal people who do that. Yeah. I, I don't see other than, you know, some of the doctrines I'd say that would land on the cessationist side um, are destructive. Like I think one saved, always saved is a destructive doctrine. I agree. I don't think you can prove that scripturally. I think you can very well prove the other scripturally. Uh, so that's one. But I think, <laughs> I think Pentecostalism has a lot more that we have abused and used to reinforce ourselves or frankly, in some cases to enrich ourselves, And I I just think that has had a very, it's made it difficult for regular Pentecostals, normal Pentecostals to be accepted by in the, you know, sort of the mainstream, because there's so many out there that are on the fringes.
1: A counterfeit Pentecost can take the place of real Pentecost in a person's life. Yes, And I think there, I think that's a real danger. And then we've got People that look at it and say, "Well, I know that's not real," and yeah. that's what you are. Then we get we get falsely identified with the self proclaimed apostle who yes. uh, is knocking people on their butts during the church service. You know, and have you ever have you ever been pushed across a church building? Trans- I'm hard. I'm really hard to push. Yeah, <laughs> i I was skinny and <laughs> tiny. I used to weigh 120 pounds. I remember
0: one time at camp though at Lake Placid, and I was, they were always knocking me down. I was probably 17, and <clears throat> there was a well-meaning youth leader who was praying for me one night and he was trying hard to push me over. And I just kind of put my my foot back and, and I'm like, look, if I'm going down, it's going to be God or I'm not going down. I had a pastor I worked for that said, if God, if God's power hits you so much that you fall out under the power, which I think I've seen it happen legitimately.
1: I seen it happen I have legitimately.
0: Too. I think I have too. If, if that happens to you, you better get up different than you went down if God touches you in such a way. And I think there's some legitimacy. It's, it's again, another thing that I think fuels the fire of cessationists is Pentecostals who have had these experiences with God. They pray in the spirit, yeah. they whatever, whatever, but they're jerks. They're some of the most unkind people that the world's ever seen. But they're filled with the Spirit, yeah. with quote marks, right? And I just think to a cessationist or even a pagan, that's incongruent. If you tell me you've had that experience with God, where He transformed your life, and yet here you are barking at me because I, I didn't, you know, I got, I gave you the wrong size French fries in your, yeah. in your happy meal. Uh, I think that's real
1: incongruent to the world, and they don't know what to do with that as somebody that claims to be a Pentecostal, right? But now I, I want to see what you think about this. Yeah. I, th- I think the gifts of the spirit are gifts. I don't think we earn them by being good people, right. by being outstanding Christians, by demonstrating the character of Christ. The fruit of the spirit yes. is the character of Christ. Yes. But the gifts, just because I speak in tongues doesn't mean I'm the best Christian there ever was.
0: It doesn't even qualify you for the Holy spirit it, to it give is. you the gifts. The gift of this Holy spirit is free.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I think <laughs> the Lord trusting you in entr- trusting you with other gifts, sort of the talents of the parable of the talents is a different thing, yeah. but they're gifts. And the more faithful you are with whatever God has given you, then the, the Bible is clear. He'll give you more and allow those things to be more powerful. You're like, but you're right. I would, I would take a robust, uh, <clears throat> sort of a robust amount of the fruit of the spirit in most believers, before I'd ever care
1: about what gifts they have. Well, and Paul said he'd rather somebody speak five tongues. Exactly. Five words. Five words in a known language, language than uh ten thousand, thousand or ten yeah, thousand ten what thousand. was it? In an
0: unknown tongue. An unknown and he's tongue. like, guys, I pray in the spirit more than any of you. Yeah. And I would rather you be useful to the world than be you know, the the phrase so heavenly minded you're no earthly good. Yeah. And so I think I think look, I, I we're we're continuationists. Uh we're gonna Continue to trust and ask the Holy Spirit to move in our church, move in our our services, the moments, and in our individual lives in the marketplace. Not just in this church, but in the marketplace. And I certainly want more of the gifts than just the verbal gifts to be in operation. Oh, definitely. Uh, So we're going to continue to pursue that. We're going to continue to ask God. We're not going to give in to cultural things
1: and and cessationist-type things. But Jeff, uh, Pastor... The, the early church had the same problems we have. They had totally, trouble with totally abuse so. and misuse of the gifts because the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh. Yeah. We're just flesh, and we're just like them. Yeah, and so we? don't don't be surprised if today you find people that aren't as qualified as you think they should be in order to be used by the Holy Spirit. These are gifts, and yes. so I my statement would be that we need to encourage people, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be used in these extraordinary supernatural <laughs> gifts, but make sure that you're following as the scripture teaches, yes. you know, not getting into any extremist viewpoints on those things. But. And
0: I would say too, <clears throat> if you do not you know, feel like you're qualified, you do not feel like God can, can use you, or work, I hate that term, you work, work through your life in the gifts of the Spirit. You're wrong. God can use any of it's us. It's a gift. God. Exactly. You don't if, earn it. If you're just simply willing, God, if you would like to use me in the gifts of the Spirit, I'm a willing vessel. And do that as you desire. And if you never desire, that's your prerogative. But if you want to put those gifts in my life and use them for your glory, I'm a willing vessel. And I, my prayer and my hope for Connection Point Church is just that our people would be like that. And not just when they come to church on a Sunday, but on a Monday morning when they're getting ready to walk out the door or they're driving in their car to their workplace, and they say to the Lord, God, if you want to use me in the gifts of the Spirit today to heal somebody, to speak a word of life over someone, to give the ministry of helps or hospitality or leadership or care, or whatever, we could name them all. I'm a willing vessel today. If more believers would just walk around with just that mentality, I think we'd see the Holy Spirit move in a great
1: way. Yeah, I agree.
0: So I just want to mention, we're going to close this. I, I Some of the discussion we had came from a church um, called Southland Church or Southland Community Church or something like that. Their website is mysouthland.com and they have a paper that they wrote called The Case Against Cessationism. And I mention it because uh, it's a great paper. They, they deal with 10 of the main arguments of cessationism and I feel like they've done a great job here uh, pulling out the argue, both the argument and the refutal of the argument or the rebuttal of the argument. Um, and uh, I just thought I would mention it so you would know uh, that we use this sort of as a source as we as we chatted today, along with our own stuff. But we use, we use this a little bit. And if you'd like to take a look, we did not use the whole thing. And so if you'd like to take we, a look at we it, it. We barely
1: touched <laughs> it. We did.
0: We did. But it's a fantastic paper uh, that they, it's nine pages long PDF you can download. Um, And it's just got some really great thoughts and and things. So if you are struggling with it, or maybe you've got family members that are hardline cessationists and you just would like to uh, get a perspective uh, from, you know, an apologetic, if you will, from from that continuation of this argument, maybe you should check that out. Uh, If you can't find it, email me. Pastor Jeff at ConnectionPointChurch.org, and I'd be happy to send you the link. Uh, until next time, we love you and thanks for listening today. Thanks, Pastor Zach, for hanging out. Uh, we'll uh, catch you guys next time.